You are listening to the Process for Profit podcast. We are here to help you, the creative small business owner, put more efficient operations into your business to increase your profit and impact. We're going to give you the systems to create a solid foundation in your business to allow you to build your empire. Hey there, I'm Brittany Dixon, systems queen and process for profit strategist. You're going to hear about solutions and strategies that allow you to make a bigger impact doing what you love instead of wasting hours doing what you don't. Come on in and let us organize your overwhelm so you can get back to your zone of genius. Hey guys, and welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about all things systems and operations and some of the trends that we are seeing in the online business space. And helping us today is Kristen Westcott, Kristen Westcott Media. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited Uh, to talk systems with you. Yes, I know. This might be boring for anybody that doesn't get all jazzed up about like systems and operations, but we're going to try and make it fun for you. (laughs) Uh, So we actually connected through a mutual friend and then we found out that we were in the same program together and like have run across each other in the online space a few times. So been super, super fun. But Kristen and I actually do a lot of the same things, but I definitely believe in collaboration over competition. So you can read about her in the show notes. But Kristen, why don't you dive in and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and your business and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So my name is Kristen and I live in Niagara, Ontario. Um, So I'm just north of the border for my fellow American friends. And I work as an integrator in people's businesses. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, it's pretty much the person who runs the all the back end stuff in your business so that you can be the CEO, the person that's out there networking, being visible and knowing that all of the other things, your systems and your processes and your team are being taken care of. And so what I get to do is I get to work with people who are things are going great in their business. You know, they've got the clients coming in and they're up and they're at it and they're bringing the energy, but secretly like they're thinking, Oh my goodness, if if one thing goes wrong, like my whole (laughs) business is just going to like, and you know, it's like that straw that breaks the camel's back and they're secretly kind of drowning thinking I cannot handle one more thing on my plate. And so I get to kind of come in and work with them um, and help them see how systematizing certain things Um, can really kind of free up that space and help them feel like their business is not ready to kind of just crumble underneath them. So that's just a little bit about what I get to do every day when I work with my clients. I love that. So how long have you been doing that and what were you doing prior to that? Okay. So full time, it's been about 18 months, but I was unofficially working for people for free (laughs) for about 18 months before that. So I got started in this, in the online space after I had my, my first daughter and I was looking for something just on the side, right? The little side hustle, because I was feeling like I needed something that was still me. Everything else about my life had become about being a mom to this infant, which I love, but I still needed something for me. And so I just kind of stumbled around in the online space and came across coaching And I thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So I got certified as a health coach and a life coach. And I started running my online coaching business. Um, And through that, I was in various programs with other health coaches. And what I ended up finding was that the conversations I was having with those women were about how they could put together their programs or their client journey or what kind of systems they should be doing to, to make things flow smoothly for them. And I would help them with like planning out their launch and planning out their quarter and hitting their goals and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Why am I 
doing all of this instead of marketing my life coaching business, right? So I would, yeah. I would work all day and I would come home and I would be a mom. And then in the evening, in my few hours, I had to work on my own business. I was actually spending all of my time helping these other women get their businesses going, which was great. And I loved yeah. it. But at the same time, I was not bringing clients into my own business. Yep. <laughs> and so I had to stop and think about that and go, hmm, why, why is this? Why am I doing this instead of marketing my life coaching business? And that's when I kind of had that aha moment of like, this is truly my zone of genius. And I love doing this. And I love the impact I can have by supporting these women in their businesses, because it goes so much further beyond the people that I could impact, you know, life coaching one-on-one, which is what I was doing at the time. And so that's when I started to make the transition. But that took me about 12 to 16 months to really kind of go from doing that for free to actually making that what my new online business is going to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of us, and I was going to kind of dive into this too, is like the trends is it's pivoting, right? Especially this year, (laughs) everybody is pivoting everything because everything is just so crazy. And I I kind of had that same thing too. It took me probably like I got into the online space and then it took probably 10 to 15 months to like transition into what I do now because I was doing some productivity coaching and some of that type of stuff. But again, a lot of it was for free and I was trying to figure it out. And what I found too, was that so many people were like, what system do I use for this? How do I make this smoother? How can I create a better customer journey? And I was like, Ooh, I'm really good at all of that. I should probably make that a business. (laughs) So yeah, I think a lot of the pivoting. So, um, what are you kind of seeing as far as trends go with people pivoting, especially people just trying to get into the online space that maybe weren't in it before this whole COVID thing? Um, or just, I guess, trends around pivoting in the online space that you're seeing. I'm glad you brought this up because this has been something that has been a hot topic for the last few months. Yeah. Everybody's trying to figure out what they need to do right now, now that we're in the midst of a pandemic. And it's not always about reinventing the wheel. And I think that's kind of the go-to for people right now is to be like, oh my God, I need to drop everything and I need to do this hard pivot in order to kind of adjust to what's going on in the world right now. And while we probably do need to make some shifts, depending also if you're a brick and mortar business having to come online, then there's definitely going to be a bigger shift there. Um, But if you were already an online business, you don't need to kind of like throw everything away and kind of start fresh from the ground up. There is a way to kind of look at accommodating and aligning with your business values, your business model, and what your customers need without completely doing, you know, a 180 and and starting all over again and and scrapping the offers that you have now yeah. in order to kind of build something fresh and new. Yeah, I mean I I have seen that a lot too. I think it, it, it might have been people that were in the online space and they were newer before this hit that they're like doing these hard pivots. But even my business, so I've been online for like three and a half years now and I didn't really pivot anything. Like I didn't, I mean, obviously I had to make adjustments and had things happen. And obviously there were some clients that maybe couldn't work with me any longer just because of their circumstances. But I mean, really, I didn't make a ton of pivots. I, I just kind of reevaluated and looked at things and said, okay, I have to focus my energy here instead of here because of what's going on right now. So um, I definitely think that there's a lot of pivoting happen. But like you said, it's not like, oh, let's just completely restart over. <laughs> because mm-hmm. that takes a long time to do and like build back up for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's exhausting for you too, because when you make that that big pivot, you're just offering anything to anyone now. Yeah. You're no longer streamlined and you no longer have like a system for things because you're really starting, starting from scratch again. And it's exhausting, right? You're already 
dealing with whatever at home, right? Whether you have kids or don't have kids or have a spouse that's kind of now working from home and you've already got that adjustment. And now you're trying to really start your business from scratch again, right? Because you're just like, okay, we'll do one-off sessions or we'll do power hours or, you know, whatever. And you don't have a system or a process set up for that it can be really stressful on you as well as a business Yeah. Owner. Well, and I, I think I'm seeing that a lot too, is that it's a lot of like super short-term thinking, which is understandable, especially with like moms at home and school or not school and daycare and not daycare and people working from home and like all over. Like I can see that short-term piece coming into play. But I think when it comes to business, you still have to think long-term. Like you still have to think bigger picture and make sure what you're doing on a monthly and quarterly basis are like getting you to those big picture goals. Because if you lose track of that, it's going to be really difficult. And you're going to get like stuck in this wheel of like constantly being stressed out and like overly stressed about everything and overwhelmed. And that's definitely not fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing people just create these new offers. And when I, when I talk to them, I'm like, okay, well, where does that fit into your business vision? (laughs) Well, it doesn't, I just, I need to do this right now. And I'm like, Uh uh-huh. You're going to put time and energy into like this whole offer and it's not going to get you to where you want to be two years, three years, five years from now. Like it does not fit into your vision. So let's look at what does and can we, can we shift that a little bit or can we create a a different level or a different offering based on something that is in alignment with the direction that you want to go? Yeah. Or like something that you already have in place that was working prior. Like how can we just take tiny little tweaks instead of like reinventing something? (laughs) Because reinventing something, I know that if you're not super systems minded, but every time you reinvent something, like an entire new set of systems comes along with that. And an entire new set of processes have to be built. An entire new client experience has to be built. And like, if that's not happening, that offer is not going to do really well because it needs to have those pieces. So that kind of leads me into the second thing is another trend that I'm seeing is everyone wants a course. Everyone wants some sort of passive and I'm putting uh, quotations around this. You can't see that, but passive income that just comes in while they're sleeping. (laughs) So what have you seen in the way of people wanting to build courses and people that are maybe not doing it right? It doesn't fit into their business model. What kinds of trends are you seeing around that? I'm seeing the same thing, right? People are thinking, oh my goodness, I need to take what I do in person and now turn it into a course online so that I can reach more people and it's, you know, have a lower price point and then I can just sell more and be hands off and right. They they get all excited about this. And I, there's not, I have nothing against passive income and in the quote unquote passive, right? Just like you said, there's nothing (laughs) passive about it up front. We're going to call it, we're going to call it scalable income. How about let's call it that? Cause it's not really passive. (laughs) Exactly. I have nothing against that. And I think it works great for many business models, but it's also something that has to be put in place over time. Like it has to be part of your strategy, your overall vision and your strategy, because if you are offering like higher ticket, high end, you know, really valuable services to people. And then all of a sudden you go and you pop everything into like a lower priced course where they're not really getting that one-on-one time with you. They're going to be kind of sticker shock. They're going to be like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah. This? What is Brittany offering? Like it, it doesn't match what they expect from you and they're going to be confused and, and not want to buy it. So like, that's the first thing is like, is it something that your audience is used to hearing about or seeing from you? And if it's not, and you put it out there, then no matter how great it is, 
people aren't going to buy it because it's not what they're yeah. to. Well, and I think typically you're going to have two different audiences too, right? Like this higher end price point that you have for your one-on-one services is going to be a completely different person than somebody that's willing to buy a 97 or $197 course, right? So like, then you have to think about an entirely different target market and like essentially restart all of that, which is really difficult. Yeah. And then you're trying to speak to two different people in your social media feed because you still want to fill your high end stuff. And now you want to fill this lower end product. And it's like, okay, how do I talk to both of them? Because they are entirely different desires and challenges and there's just a different person to talk to. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that building a course is really easy. And now while we have some really great technology that makes it easier, there are a lot of moving parts to building a course, like a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't know. Do you, do you have any courses or anything, Kristen? I don't have any that I'm running right now, but um, (laughs) my clients are running courses and I'm working with them on those. Yeah. And there's so many moving parts, right? Like it, it seems like this easy thing, but then when you get into it, it's like you have to make sure that the the teaching experience is going to be helpful. Then you have to make sure the onboarding experience that they're going to get the things they need to get and know exactly what they need to be doing. Then you have to record all the videos and then all the tech. <laughs> That's a big thing, right? Is the tech in the back end that people are trying to like duct tape systems together and do it for free. And while that sounds great at first, I will tell you from experience for myself and my clients, it is not the best idea to duct tape all of your systems together. <laughs> no, I, I'm laughing over here and your, your listeners aren't going to see this because that's exactly what I experience with a lot of my clients is they want to just zap together every, all the free options. Like, yep. why? why don't you just pay the $10 and have it integrate smoothly? Because yep. if that breaks, if that one zap goes down and I have nothing against zap here. I don't want people to think that like, I think it's a yeah. fantastic tool for things that don't integrate. But if you can pay the like $10 a month to upgrade to the plan that smoothly integrates, right. it's <laughs> going to make that experience so much better because how many sales might you lose if that zap doesn't fire, even if it's down for an hour or two, like it's possible that you could lose a lot more than $10 in sales. And yeah, I'm constantly trying to convince my clients to either bring it into like an all in one system, or at least to upgrade to the paid version of these free systems so that they do integrate and play nicely with some of the other ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love Zapier as well. And Zapier is its place. If any of you don't know what that is, it's an integration tool where it helps your different softwares connect and talk to each other. Um, and I love their slogan, Zapier makes you happier. It's great. But when you start to do this and, and then you look at it from a bigger picture of like, oh, they're going to purchase it through this payment processor. And then I'm going to send them into this course platform. And then they're going to get emails from this other platform. Things are going to break and it makes it really, really difficult. I have found my absolute favorite tool ever, and it's all in one. Um, and I'll put a link for if you guys want to go check it out, but it's Kartra and it's literally like all the things it's your landing pages, your payment, your email marketing, your like all of your different campaigns, your actual course or membership site. Like And it's not super pricey and it is amazing. But I think that is a big thing is people are just trying to like duct tape things together and it gets really difficult when you start doing that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Do you feel like you're spinning your wheels in your business that you sit down to start your day and before you know it, it's 5 p.m. and the day is over and you just don't know what you accomplished only to do this day in and day out? You're throwing spaghetti at the wall. You have no routines, no strategy, no systems in place, and you're working 17 hours a day. If this is you, you need to check out our free masterclass now. 
How to work smarter, not harder, and double your revenue will give you the clarity, confidence, strategy, systems, and support to get stuff done without the overwhelm and without working 17 hours a day. Check out our free masterclass now at b.link forward slash training to learn how to work smarter, not harder. Um, so I think another thing I see too, and I think you've probably seen this is people are trying to just hire integrators or systems people to come in and fix all their problems. (laughs) Yeah, I hear it all the time. So that, I mean, and that comes from the, with the person I was describing at the beginning where they've been doing it all themselves and things are great and their business is growing and things are going wonderful. Then they get this bright idea to run a course. So now they're trying to do all of the things and preparing to put this course together. And then they realize all the moving pieces that go into that. And they're like, oh my goodness, I I need an integrator. I need somebody that's just (laughs) going to like take care of all of this kind of stuff. And I have a very extensive intake form before they get on the phone with me. But when I actually get on the phone with them, one of the things I really talk to them about is like, okay, who else are you working with? Like what other support do you have in their business? And a lot of them are like, well, I don't, I will. I just want an integrator. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. And you can't, that's it. No, it's definitely not. I mean, the integrator is there to like make sure things are running smoothly, but if you are trying to run a course and a podcast and a this and a this on top of like client work and doing 17 different things and you don't have systems for it that you can handle it, like it's going to be really hard to have somebody come in and, and manage all of that. Yeah. I'm, and that's the thing is they need to kind of even brain dump their own systems before an integrator even knows where to start because they're not in their brain. But I yeah. usually tell them like, okay, let's look at what is the thing that is your biggest revenue driver, right? Where is your money coming from? And let's look at first systematizing that. And what support do you need to systematize or run that smoother? Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's a, a general virtual assistant, but for others, it's maybe someone handling their Facebook ads, or maybe they just need a copywriter. Like that's what's slowing them down and becoming the bottleneck of all the content that they put out there. Maybe they need someone doing content management for them. Like it's really kind of looking at what is your revenue driver and how are people getting to that point? Like what is your main source of marketing and systematizing those pieces, bringing in support there before you start to like go all, all out and add an integrator and various levels to your team and your offerings. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that goes back to like bigger picture, long-term planning, right? Like you have, you have to, as the CEO, be able to step out of your business and like look at it from a 30,000 foot view and not just be like in it constantly. Because if you are, that's where you start maybe making the wrong decisions or you're like, Oh, let's do this course thing. And you spend literally all your time building a course that you then launch and don't make very much money on, but yet you weren't working with one-on-one clients because you've spent all your time doing that. Like, I think it all comes back to strategy and like bigger picture planning. And I know that's something you dive into a lot is like quarterly planning stuff. What kind of tips do you maybe have for business owners that need to do more of this like strategy and quarterly planning type of stuff in their business? I, you know, I like to dive in and do my strategy quarterly. I don't, so I'll do a high level view of the year. Like what do I want to promote when, or if people are launching with my clients, like when are they launching with product? But I don't do like the really deep dive of like quarterly projects until the yeah. quarter, because a lot can happen as oh, we every, this Oh my year. God. I totally um, did that my first year in online business. Like I had this master plan for an entire year, like mapped out week by week. And then, you know, three months in, I was like, Oh cool. I got to change the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you yeah. can't plan for more than like, 90 days at a time. Yeah, exactly. So like do higher level of like, 
what you'd like to see, when you want to take vacation, when your kids are home, all that kind of stuff. But don't drill into the details until you do it quarterly. And then from there, I like to kind of then break it down by month um, to kind of give us an idea of where we're at and meeting milestones to kind of meet certain project goals. And really, you cannot quarterly plan without your calendar beside you. And this is a big mistake I see so many people make is they have all these projects and all these ideas and they want to just jam them all in there. But then when we look at their actual calendar, it's like, okay, well, you have a conference here and you have this week, you're blocked off for this and you've already got a launch happening this week. When are you going to actually fit in the time to do these extra projects on top of the everyday stuff? And so that's the other thing is don't forget about the day-to-day stuff it takes to run your business when you're planning out your projects for the quarter, because you still have to take those client calls, pay the invoices. Yeah write your weekly emails, you know, do your social media content, whatever it is that you're doing to run your business. You still have to do all of that even when as you take on an additional project. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time with like making sure you have kind of this ideal schedule of like your different buckets. So I have my BCO bucket. So it's business development, client services and operations, because most of your stuff is going to fall into that, right? Like business development is going to be anything growth related client services. That's everything you're doing for your clients, which probably takes up a lot of time if you're doing one-on-one and then you've got operations, which is all the admin stuff. So like you have to make sure you have enough time in each day to do that and then add in your projects. We all think we have way more time to work than we actually do, especially if you're trying to work like a Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday schedule. You have to look at a calendar and see how many days you actually have in a year to work when you do that. Yeah. And, and build in buffer time. And this is another big thing is people, we always underestimate how long it's going to take us to do something notorious. We're all of us do it. Even if you've been doing the same thing for three years, you think, okay, I got this down and we don't (laughs) block in that buffer time. But the second part is like, as we talk about systems, like systematizing all of our things are fantastic, but we rely on technology and technology is fantastic when it works and very frustrating. It doesn't. You have to build in that buffer time because for example, last week I had issues with Google Chrome. I have no idea why (laughs) I ended up working four days with a tech person to kind of help me figure it out. It was one of my extensions that ended up crashing my whole Google Chrome. But my whole week for four days, I was trying to run on Safari, which is not built for running a business. And everything took me like 10 times longer. And if I didn't have any buffer time built into that week, I would have been yeah. Lost. Well, then it's like, so your extensions, but then you're also your passwords and your bookmarks and like you've set up this whole digital workspace, right? And now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so now everything that you did before, you've got to like find a new way to do. And it takes so much longer to do it that way. Um, yeah. We're, I mean, we're all bad about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get 37 tasks done on a Monday. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. Never happens. But we always plan that way. Right. Um, so what are some of the maybe like top systems that you kind of help implement with your businesses? Cause most of the people you work with are people that have already got stuff going and they've got clients coming in. Like, is there a specific type of system like project management, CRM, anything like that, that you still are putting into place for them when you get started with most of your clients? Yeah. So most of my clients have a scheduler in place already. They usually yeah. have most of the, my clients I work with have acuity, um, yep. But there's other schedulers out there that people work with, like Time Trade and Calendly. And usually I'm trying to get them into a CRM at that point because, again, they've been duct taping all the free systems together with HelloSign and yeah. you know, various <laughs> other platforms that they're just sending everything manually. And so I um, try and get them on Dubsado. 
I know it's not everybody's favorite system, but I loved Dubsado. I love the flexibility of it and how you can kind of customize so many different things. And it integrates directly with QuickBooks and with yeah. so many other um, systems as well. So that's like the CRM and then a project management software that I've been moving towards is I always choose. I in the past, I've always chosen Asana and I love Asana, but lately I've been switching a lot of my clients over to ClickUp because it has a template feature. It has um, the option for you to add a start date and an end date rather than just the end date on the free version of Asana. And it has a wonderful dashboard feature. So if you're working with multiple clients or, you know, that kind of stuff, you can have this overall dashboard view where you can kind of see everything going on all at once in your business. So those are my two big things that I've been working on getting people over to is Dubsado and ClickUp. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too are scared of project management tools, especially if they've just been doing it themselves. They're like, Oh, I don't need that. But honestly, especially if you have all those things going on, right? Like if you have operations type of tasks and client tasks, and then you're building a course, like, I don't know how you would do it without something like that, even if it wasn't super robust. But yeah, I am, I am team Asana. Now I do see the benefits of ClickUp and I really like what they're doing and they're doing some awesome things. I don't know that I would switch yet anyways. We'll see. Uh, Because I also advocate to not just switch to the newest tool when it comes out. (laughs) You've got to let it like work the kinks out and you can't just switch from tool to tool or else none of them will be effective. And I've never been a Dubsado fan. I get it. I get the allure of it. Um, I don't know. It just feels harder to use for me than some of the other ones. So I actually just found this one called Plutio or Plutio. I actually don't know how to pronounce it. I should probably figure that out, but I'm trying that one out because I was using Pipedrive and Pandadoc previously and they connected, but they're a little bit more robust than what I actually need. So, but I'm also team Acuity. So we're kind of in the same camp with some of them. (laughs) I'm interested to hear about how that goes with Plutio or however you say it. That's a new one I haven't played around with. So. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple features that they're lacking. Um, but just a lot of the automation pieces, like it can basically create new projects as soon as you have contracts and stuff signed, which I think Dubsado can do as well, but it just felt easier for me. So we're going to test it out. I'll have to hop back on and let you guys know what I think if I figure out how to pronounce it and all the things. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, do you have like maybe a favorite productivity hack or something that would be helpful for people that maybe just aren't like operations minded like we are because we're over here like system, system, systems and people are like, yeah, I, I, no. <laughs> so any kind of like productivity hacks or like something that would be helpful for someone that's not maybe as systems minded as we are? Okay. So, I mean, I have a couple. I use yeah. this this geeky little timer that I bought off Amazon and it's literally like a cube that has yeah. <laughs> like 15, 30, 60 minute like increments on it to help me get in the zone for certain tasks. So let's say, you know, operations and systems aren't your thing and you're cringing as you hear Brittany talk about this <laughs> stuff every week, you know, just setting a timer to, to really kind of tackle that one piece or that one component that you really do need to systematize. And then knowing that, Hey, when the timer goes off, I can like let it go and come back to it another day and not 
worry about spending your whole day trying to figure things out. So I like tackling things in those smaller time blocks, especially if you're likely to get frustrated with tech or tools or systems in that sense. So yeah, I actually did a whole episode. You guys can go check it out on multitasking and how you shouldn't do it because it is the death of productivity and timers are super helpful for that. Like you have to focus on one task for a certain amount of time, or you're literally just going to keep spinning your wheels and never finish things. (laughs) And then you're going to get frustrated and burnt out, which is not fun either. And I used to use the timer on my phone because I was like, okay, well, like my iPhone has everything I need. Yeah. (laughs) But of course, when I go set the timer, when I go to turn the timer off, I see the notifications and and then I get distracted there. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. So I I literally went and spent like $12 on this timer and you guys can use any kitchen timer really. Yep. Although this one doesn't tick and that was the ticking of the kitchen timer was bothering me. Oh. So I, I got this one that doesn't tick. It just beeps at the end of the segment. And so that's kind of my one little product to be hacked because yeah. even as a systems person, there's still things that I don't want to love to do in my business. And oh, for sure. I need to push myself to get those things done so it can continue to run smoothly. Well, and then distractions, right? Like we've got kids and pets and things that we've got going on and personal stuff and school and hashtag all the things. Um, so even if we're systems minded, like we still have all the things happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So is there anything else that would be helpful or anything else you want to cover or any tips or anything? You know, if you don't love... Asana or ClickUp or anything like that. I think even just writing out a list and prioritizing that list and then having somebody hold you accountable to what you said you were going to get done that day, like your top three or your top three for the week or something, checking in with somebody else who, not your best friend, who's going to let you off the hook for everything, (laughs) but somebody who is going to push you a little bit to say, okay, you put three things on your list for this week. Why did you not get those three things done? Yep. Um, it can be really helpful in pushing you towards doing the things you need to get done to, to run your business. Yeah, for sure. Now I think that's huge. Actually in my hustle to flow program, I just added like a co-working power hour because I think even if you're just on a zoom call and you say, this is what I'm going to do during this hour. And like people are watching you, like you have to get that done. You can't get to the end and be like, Oh, sorry, I didn't finish that. I got distracted. <laughs> like It's the accountability piece is huge in getting stuff done. So awesome. Well, where can people find you and do you have any resources or anything you want to share with our listeners? Sure. I'd love to. So I hang out most on Instagram. So you can find me at Kristen.Westcott. I I am on Facebook a little bit, but most of my stuff goes up on Instagram. And if you want to check out my website, it's KristenWestcottMedia.com. But I would love to share a strategic planning guide with you guys. It's called your roadmap to business growth. And it legitimately helps you figure out that vision. So if you have your vision, what is it realistically can you accomplish in the next 12 months or so looking at everything you have going on in your life, right? We don't want to just kind of set these pie in the sky type visions, but really looking at, okay, how can we start to take some steps to get there? Um, And it's got a video series, email video series that comes off the back end to walk you through the steps of breaking that down and reverse engineering things. So you know what to focus on for the quarter, for the month, and then for the week. Awesome. So we will drop the link in so you guys can go check that out and definitely go follow her on our social media and all that good stuff. But Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great talking all things systems. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I love chatting with someone else who gets as excited about systems as I, I do. know, right? That's, we were talking about this beginning. I was like, how do we make this interesting? Because I know we could talk about systems for like hours on end and I don't know that everyone would get as excited as we are. So... <laughs> 
awesome. Well, if you guys are looking to work smarter, not harder, and be able to double your revenue, because aren't we all without working 17 hours a day, because that's the caveat, uh, go check out our free masterclass at b.link forward slash training. And Kristen, thanks so much for coming on again. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next time.